Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you that we can take time together to be together. We want to thank you for your spirit, your presence that is very real and very here. And Father, I am asking that through this time, as we share together and worship together, Lord, that there might be a deeper connection, spirit to spirit, between us and you and between each other. We just want to welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome the spirit of connection. We welcome the spirit that brings life. We welcome your Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. One of the things I was, as we were praying just a few moments ago, was I, uh, I kind of saw this, uh, I was reminded of how uh, you jumpstart a car. I guess you can't do that with some electric cars now, but, um, you know, when your battery's a bit dead, you bring another car along and put the wires on and, and you kind of give it a bit of a boost to get the car going. And I felt like this morning, that's what God wanted to do. He wanted to give us a little bit of a jump start in our spirits to help our spirits kind of take off a little bit more. That's what this morning's all about, really. It's going to be about a little jump start for your spirit to give it a little boost. And I'm going to explain why you might need a jump start. So I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit now, and then we're going to move through in communion and then move into uh, some more worship together. But um, I want to share with you this morning about Holy Spirit and help you see how this season we've been in has, been, has meant that it's been challenging to tune in to the Holy Spirit. Uh, so first of all, I want to start remind, off by reminding you of something I taught last year. Um, we talked about the Holy Spirit lives inside each of us and, and can empower us to move and understand the things of God if we wanted to. And one of the things we said was this, was that God's creative nature on the inside of us gives us favor, authority, and influence on the earth and um, it's really vital we recognize and embrace that creative power because you were born to exercise authority and influence on the earth you were actually born to do that and that comes through the power of the holy spirit on the inside of you and of course what happens is that that creative nature on the inside of you is the ability to bring something new into being but I think what's happened is that creative nature, that freedom of the spirit on the inside of you has been pressed down like never before in this last 18 months. And we'll talk about why that is and what we can do to get out of it as we go through. But, but first of all, you've got to recognize and, and embrace that you have creative power on the inside of you. And when you don't operate from that creative power, you give up authority and influence. Because the way you actually have some authority and influence over your own self and over the world around you is through that power that's on the inside of you. And of course, one of the things we've, we've done is we've kind of, when we talk about creative power, culturally we've reduced creativity down to certain things to do with the arts, the ability to sing, to dance, to draw, to paint, to act. We've kind of done that and we've kind of, we've kind of pigeonholed people into certain Things So we've said you're creative or you're academic or you're this or you're that. And there's this, there's this myth that, that some people are kind of left or right brain dominant because different parts of your brain do different things. So the, uh, the left part of the brain is the logical part. It's uh, the part that you use to do maths, to use language. It's pragmatic. It's about results. It's uh, if you are into exams and academia and science, then the left part of your brain, you're probably using that more. 
But then the right part of your brain, that's the part that deals with your emotions, it deals with visual things, with artistic subjects, it's where your intuition comes from, it's things like your emotionality, sympathy, empathy, compassion. So you've got these two kind of parts of you. And often we get pigeonholed into one part or the other. And it's perhaps true that as we've grown up, we've allowed one side of our brain to dominate the other, or that we focus on developing one side of our brain over the other, but but we have the ability to operate in both. All of you have the ability to operate in both. You can be logic and reasoned, or you can be creative and empathetic. You can do both. Most of us, though, are focused on one or the other, or we've tended toward one or the other. Um, But we all have the ability to be pragmatic and focus on results, as well as the ability to use our intuition. So for me, I cannot sing very well, I'm not musical, I'm not artistic, I can act a little bit. I am not strong in the arts department, as most of you are aware. Uh, Whenever we talk about the little cricket bat I made in my GCSE design technology, my sister still laughs uncontrollably at what I produced. Um, Because she is, she did ballet, she did art, she did all sorts of things. She She was the one who was the artistic one and I was the academic one. Uh, which just meant I want artistic. It didn't mean I was particularly bright. It just meant I want creative. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. I am deeply creative. And so are you. We are all deeply creative. We must be deeply creative. Because, you see, for many years I loved and lived under this lie that I wasn't creative because I didn't excel in the arts. But I know many other people who don't excel in the arts, who live under the same light, and many people who are hugely artistic and musical and all that, who think that they can't do logical things, but they can. Because you have a whole brain, and you're a whole person. And of course, you were created in the image of God. Let us make human beings in our image. So God created human beings, that's you, in his image, he created them. And what you read in Genesis is that God created So you are a creative person. You can create things and do things and and power can come out of you. Whether you think your life is creative or not, it is because all the time you are taking things or you have the power to take things from the invisible realm and make them manifest on the earth. You do that in all sorts of ways. And I share this with you because we're going to talk about the battle between mind and spirit. And we've got to talk about spirit first because the spirit of God is creative. That's what we read in Genesis 1. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters and then he creates. All these things happen and go forth and and he has this power to create. Well, of course, you have the power to create. You can create new environments. You create an atmosphere. You walk into a room and you affect the atmosphere, either for good or for bad. Other people walk in the room and they affect the atmosphere. So you have the ability to create. You have the ability to create new things, new environments, new atmospheres. That's on the inside of you. And of course, that is the creative power of God that does that, if you allow it out. So I want you to keep that in mind. You have the creative power of God in you to create things, to do things that can flow out of you. Keep that in mind whilst we build another truth up, and then we're going to put them together a little bit. Because when you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God filled your spirit, and you became alive to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Now, the Holy Spirit does not live in your physical body, And he didn't live in your soul, the emotional part of you. He lives in a place called your spirit, which is the eternal part of you. Which is why you can live there, because he's eternal. So there's a part of you, and it's not a physical part. Uh, We won't get into how it actually works, but there's a part of you that is spiritual. In fact, you are first and foremost spiritual. Before you are physical, you are spiritual. 
And one of our challenges, we get so caught up in the physical that we forget we are actually spiritual. And of course, all this time, we've been caught up in our physical, our physical bodies, forgetting perhaps about our spiritual bodies. So this time has been challenging because a lot of it's been about looking after your physical body, which is important, but at the end of the day, your physical body will fade away at some point. It will not last forever. Your spirit, though, is going to last forever. So we should really be putting a bit more effort into our spiritual beings that's going to last forever than our physical beings, although we should also look after our physical beings as much as we can. But you are a spiritual being, and here's the fascinating thing about spirit. God operates much more out of right brain than he does left brain. So God operates much more out of right brain than he does left brain. Think about all the ways spirit is described in the Bible. It's always metaphor and mystery and picture. So God is a wind. God is a river. God is a fire. God is a waterfall. God is, God is all these images from creation that aren't very kind of, they're not very left brain. You can't kind of nail God down with science. Although he is in science. Um, it's not very often that God operates in logic and reasoning, at least our logic and reasoning. It's not very often that God is pragmatic. God is not too, God is not kind of like, well, I'm, I'm really interested in clear results. I mean, just think about your life. Is God interested in really clear results? Well, I don't know. Now, that's not to say he's not logical and, and, and reasoning. He is, but it's just that his logic and reasoning is way above your logic and reasoning. Because as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, Isaiah 55.9. So it may well be that God operates in utter logic. It's just a totally different logic than your logic. So God may well operate in logic and reason, but you can't understand it because it's a different logic and reason than yours. But primarily, God operates in this place of spirit, which is different. Listen. Human logic and reasoning are not the king of the universe. Human logic and reasoning are not the king of the universe. But of course, this whole time, people have tried to make human logic and reasoning king and determine what we should do based on that. And of course, it's got its place. But that's not spirit. And you don't find God there. They're not the best way to understand God. You'll often hear people say they are struggling to get their heads around what God is doing or seemingly not doing. Or they want to understand before they step out. But it doesn't work in your mind. If we are walk with him as we are designed to walk with him, we must learn to commune spirit to spirit. You are a person of the spirit. I am a person of the spirit. And we worship a God who is spirit. Jesus says this. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship him in spirit. So... You have a spirit and God's spirit. And Jesus goes, okay, if you're going to really worship me, there's got to be this connection from spirit to spirit. But here's the thing. A lot of the time we go, I'm going to worship him in my mind. Okay, but that's not what Jesus said. I'm going to use my mind to worship Jesus. Okay, well, and I realize it's not always easy to differentiate, but we'll get onto that. But, but here's the thing. If you reach out with your mind or your soul, it's impossible to deeply connect with God who is spirit. Your connection with God may happen, but it'll be weak and fleeting and unsatisfying because you are not connecting in the right way. In the same way as, you know, if you connect the wires up wrong to the battery, the, the wires are all connecting, the two things are connected, but they're not connected in the right way. You're not going to jump start a car if you don't wire it up properly. So if you're trying to go, well, I'm going to get God with my mind now and I'm going to stand God with my mind, 
well, it'll never really work properly. There'll be some little bit of a connection. You'll get some knowledge. But it's meant to be a spirit connection that transforms everything. I make this point because this, again, is what happened for many people through lockdown. Many people who were strong in spirit have, have actually reverted back to their minds. And they've tried to understand everything via their minds. And as a result, they've lost some sense of connection with God. Paul writes this to the Thessalonians. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Well, listen, one of the ways I think many people have allowed the spirit to be quenched in these days is that they've allowed their minds to become more prominent than they previously were. Because they've tried to understand everything with their mind. So there's... And there's that, we'll get onto this, but there's always a battle. But in this time, if you've tried to understand it all with your mind, your mind has become elevated above your spirit, which means it's very hard to get that connection with God because you're doing it all in your head. The truth is it's extremely difficult to, to connect with God through your mind. If, it was, if, it, if that was the way to connect with God... Everybody who spent three or four years in Bible training would come out and change the world completely if it was about doing it with your mind. And some people do because they get the spirit, but lots of people have been trained for for years and years and years and have very little connection with spirit because they've they've connected with God with their mind. Well, that's great, but God is spirit. A moment of worshiping him spirit. So to connect with God or his spirit, you have to engage a bit more of the right side of your brain, the more creative, intuitive, feeling part of you, which for some people is easier than others. But it's possible because naturally I am very left-brained. I'm ordered, I'm logical, I'm reasoned, I'm thought through, I'm pragmatic. That's naturally me. But I have learned to actually engage in spirit. I have to put some of that aside and go, okay, I'm going to layer that down now. It's all there. I've just got to switch that part of me on to be open to it. So we connect with God via our spirit, not our mind. And when we use our mind and logic and reason to try and connect or test prophecy, as Paul tells us to do, then it's extremely hard to connect with God and hear for him. So if you are trying to listen to some prophetic things and then use your mind to understand it, you are just going to get frustrated. Because it's not appealing to your mind, it's appealing to your spirit. This is prophetic things of the spirit in your spirit. So you can't, you can't watch anything prophetic or listen to something prophetic and go, well, I'm just going to apply my logic and reason to this now and work out whether it's right or not. You're just going to end up frustrated and annoyed. But actually you've got to go, okay, Lord, what do you want me to say through it? And I'm going to try and get my mind out of the way and get my spirit involved. And that's how you actually connect with it. Listen to these words that Paul wrote. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, cannot receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Okay, there you go. Have you, have you seen anything of God that you thought is silly? You thought that's daft, it's stupid, it's a bit weird. Wait till we get to the words that Luke uses in Acts 2 to describe what goes on when the spirit turns up. It's fascinating. You see, you can be... Spirit can only be known by spirit. God's spirit and our spirit is in open communion. See, you can be touched and filled with the Holy Spirit, but there'll always be part of you, the unspiritual self, that simply cannot grasp the things of the spirit. And of course, the task is that you renew your mind, and what you find is as your mind gets renewed and it becomes more subservient to spirit, you find it easier to lay hold of the things of the spirit. 
And what should happen is that over time our minds are renewed and we find ourselves understanding more and more of the Spirit and we become more and more at ease with the things of the Spirit. What happens is that your mind, your logic and reasoning become more like God's logic and reasoning and you understand that when God says we're going to advance, that means humility, it means bowing lower, it means more grace, it means more serving. When you understand these things, then it all flows together. But this is what I think's happened. I think through this time, many people have had an unrenewing of their mind. The mind that was renewed has become a bit unrenewed. It's like their mind has gone back. Even those who could listen and love in the spirit have found it tough. And that's because everything that's come at you in the last 15 months has been about your mind. Even for the last however long, you've walked in this building and your mind has been uppermost. You've gone, what can I do? What can't I do? Who wants a hug? Who doesn't want a hug? When can I do this? When can I do that? When? Your mind is uppermost. So even coming at this building to worship together, your mind is at the forefront and your spirit's had to take a back seat. And then you sat there and your spirit wants to worship and it wants to praise and it wants to shout and you go, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. And so every time you do that, your mind gets stronger and your mind gets stronger. So what's happened is your mind has become unrenewed a little bit. Unless you have managed to do something else. But very few people have. You see, this is what Paul also says. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Spirit. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit pours out life. The letter of the law kills. Now he's talking here, of course, about the law from the Old Testament and what that, what that gave. But listen, anything that is law-based kills the Spirit. Because the Spirit's about freedom, it's about life, it's about movement, it's about all those things. And, and the only law, according to the New Testament, is the royal law of love. And that in the royal law of love, that if you love your neighbor and love yourself, you've fulfilled all the law. So the law is, I'm going to love people. And of course, that's been deeply challenging to go, well, what does that mean in a pandemic? And that's what we've been trying to work out. What does it mean to love my labor? What does it mean to love someone? Does it mean to give them a hug or does it not mean to give them a hug? I don't know. And so we've become so mind-orientated about simple things like giving somebody a hug. So when God's Spirit speaks to you and you go, I want to do this, you're like, oh, oh, but I can't. Or I'm not sure. Or I won't. Or will I get into trouble? And what will so-and-so think? And what will this person think? And that neighbor's twitching the curtains. And suddenly it's all in your head. And so your spirit's been crushed a little bit because it's all been in your head. All these questions have been running through our mind because we've been so aware of the law. But listen, you've been bombarded for over a year with a letter of the law, communications about what you can do, who you can see, where you're allowed to go. You've been assaulted by the letter of the law. And the letter of the law kills. There are very few people who were strong enough in spirit 18 months ago that all that bombardment has not crushed a little bit of their spirit. Very few people. For the vast majority of us, we must acknowledge that being bombarded by the letter of the law will have had an effect. It means our first thought, when we've heard the voice of God, or, or rather our second thought has been, all right, I'm hearing God, and then it's like, oh, yeah, but I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. What will so-and-so think if I do that? Which were thoughts we already had because we didn't find it easy to listen to the voice of God, but suddenly there's been a whole other load of stuff piled on top of that battle for spirit to come forth. We've had a battle through a whole other series of questions just to follow the voice of the Spirit. And that inevitably means we've tuned into our minds even more than we might previously have done. But here's the thing. You see, you were used to gathering in this place for the last six months with your mind uppermost. Which means that when we start to just worship and praise as we'll do, it's like it's alien to you. Because your mind's still in that place. And your spirit 
Your spirit wants to explode in joy. Your spirit wants to dance. It wants to sing. It wants to praise. It wants to do everything. It's always wanted to do that. And so what we've done is we've like, in truth, we've quenched the spirit. And we've done our best to worship and praise as we've seen fit. We've done our best to learn and we've done all that. But I think reality, when I look back, I go for very few people have been able to keep that release of the spirit and express it in a way. It's like being quenched somehow. But it's time for an unleashing of the quenched spirit. It's time for it. And I aren't waiting till eight days time to unleash the spirit of God on the inside of me. I mean, I'll be honest, I never did wait. I've been singing the whole time. I don't mind. It can be on video. I don't care. I, didn't, I had my mask on and I sang quietly, but I just thought, I, I'm not, I, I learned to live in, I, I learned to enjoy God in silence a few years ago and I learned to enjoy that, but I, but I refuse to allow my spirit to be quenched. But I recognize that even I had all these thoughts all the time. I had to battle through so many thoughts just to allow my spirit to be expressed. We've all had to battle through it. But listen, if we can't, if we can't express spirit in here, I mean, if not now, then when, to use a phrase? If not now, then when, to learn to express it, to learn to let it go. I realize some people might think I'm irresponsible. But I just cannot allow my spirit to be quenched anymore. What does your spirit want to do? It wants to praise, it wants to shout, it wants to celebrate, it wants to speak, it wants to declare, it wants to lift up the name of Jesus. The question is, which will you allow to come with the far? Will you allow your spirit to take the lead or will you allow your mind to take the lead? Which is the question every moment of every day. Is it not? That's not a new question. But you see, when you start to operate from your spirit, then life is poured out because the spirit pours out life. And this fight that you have, it's not a new fight it's been there all the time it's just highlighted because so then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are the self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit it's always been a fight between mind and spirit between the part of you that's full of the holy spirit and part of you that is not yet renewed and here's the thing whenever you hear the voice of the spirit it will almost always bring conflict and we don't like conflict even if it's just think just go back before pandemic, you know, I feel like I'm meant to just tell somebody that Jesus loves them. I feel like I'm meant to share this scripture with somebody. I feel like I'm meant to get up and share a testimony. It never really happens without a fight, does it? It doesn't just come easily, that stuff. There's always a bit of a fight. So there's always been a fight, but now there's been a load more piled on the other. If you think of it as some, some scales on the mind thing, there's, there's a lot more weight on here right now. And so it's even heavily tipped this way, but we've got to tip it back again. Because if we want to see God move, we've got to be people of the spirit. We can't be people of the mind. And there's going to keep being messaging. Messaging will keep going on that's all related to your mind. And if it's not this, it'll be something else in a little while. The messaging about your mind, about this, that, and the other, and all sorts of things, it's not going to stop. It may well switch to a different topic. It may well switch to something else. But the enemy wants to quench the spirit of God in the whole world. And he'll do anything to do it. And he'll use any tool he's got to do it. But if we're going to be people of the Spirit, we've got to allow our spirits out and be, no, I'm going to follow the voice of the Spirit and I'm going to do what the Spirit does. Listen, if you want to live a conflict-free life, forget being a Spirit-filled Christian. Forget moving in the things of God. If you want a conflict-free life, just turn up somewhere, forget about the Spirit, sing a few songs and go home, and you won't have a conflict-filled a conflict life. But if you want to be a person of the Spirit... 
If you want to see miracles, if you want to see people come into the kingdom, if you want to see great things happen, there will always be conflict because there'll always be that unselfish part, the selfish, unspiritual part of you that fights it all the time. And the world will throw more and more and more at that thing right there. So we have to decide, are we going to be people of the spirit or are we going to be people of our mind? Which, which place are we going to live? That doesn't mean I say you ditch your mind. But actually, the wisdom is in the spirit, not in the world anywhere. So it's all in this place. See, whenever the spirit speaks, there's always a sense that it doesn't make sense. Listen, listen to the words that Luke uses to describe what people sensed on Pentecost, the first day of the Holy Spirit get, got poured out. Let me just read it to you and highlight some words. So there's, they're in this place. It says, they, they, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. So again, it's metaphor, it's image that's separated. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the languages they were staying in. Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. So they were bewildered. Because each one heard their language being spoken utterly amazed so they're bewildered and they're amazed how do they hear this we hear them declaring the wonders of god in our own tongues amazed and perplexed so they're amazed they're perplexed they're bewildered they're utterly amazed what does this mean son made fun of them now people are making fun of them because they don't know what's going on this is the normal spiritual life that's normal perplexion bewilderment amazement people making fun of you that's called a normal spiritual life Anything less than that is not a spirit-filled life. If you are not experiencing bewilderment and I don't know what's going on and I don't really understand it, you see, we, we think that's a terrible place to be. Right there is the spirit of God. And we go, I don't know what's going on. Fantastic. Praise God, I'm bewildered by it all. Praise God, you're bewildered and perplexed. That means the spirit of God's doing something in you. Isn't that fantastic? And we go, well, I just want to understand it all. Okay, well, get rid of the spirit then. If you want to understand it, I'll just ditch the Holy Spirit. Ditch the power. Ditch everything that goes with it. Ditch the miracles. Ditch all the fantastic things about being with Jesus. Ditch that and then you can understand it. I want to be bewildered. I want to be perplexed. I want to be utterly amazed. I want to go, how the heck did that happen? I have no idea, but it's enjoyable. We should start celebrating being perplexed. We should start going, yes, I have not got a clue what's going on, but God's in it. I want to hear somebody give a test. Oh, well, I lied. It took me a while, but then I understood it, and then all was good. What a boring testimony. Come on. This is the Spirit of God, and you want to put him in a little box? Decide you know exactly how he's going to work, and when he's going to work, and what's going to happen. Well, if you want to put him in a little box, you have to put the lid on. And then you've contained him, and then he can't get out. He spent 2,000 years trying to get out of a box called the Ark of the Covenant. Now he's out and about and we just want to put him back in the Ark of the Covenant in a little box with some gold angels on top of it. Not really. So listen, are we going to allow, what are we going to allow to rise to the surface, our spirit or our mind? Which are we going to operate from? Are we going to listen with our mind and our heads or are we going to just go, okay, Lord, I want to flow from my spirit. And then, of course, you'll have to engage your mind because you don't do anything without your mind. But when the spirit goes, you might want to tap your foot. Your mind will have to engage and go, I'm going to tap my foot now. When your spirit goes, I want to stand up, you might have to tell your body to stand up. So you have to engage your mind in it, but it starts with your spirit. You either shut it down or you release it. But I I give you the freedom to enjoy the spirit of God in this place this morning. I give you the freedom to enjoy it. 
Because listen, this is the thing. Amazed and perplexed, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Well, listen, somebody might make fun of you. They did. But how important is that going to be for you? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure some, some of these people go home and just make fun of me. You know, when I put wet, wet, wet on two weeks ago and dance around like an idiot, some people enjoy it and some people go, he's an utter idiot and make fun of me, but I don't really care. Because I'm a man of the Spirit, or I'm, I'm learning to be a man of the Spirit. I'm learning to enjoy the Spirit and find life in it. I, I was singing that song for the next few days, me, I loved it. People in the car next to me, window down, didn't enjoy it, but I loved it. But listen, Listen, it's really important that we learn to do this. Are you going to be bold enough to operate from your spirit or will you choose to operate from your mind which has been marinated in the letter of the law which kills? And it's really, really important we learn to do this because if we can't do it in this place, if we can't manage to allow our spirits to flow together, then you are not going to do it outside this building. You're not going to do it on your own in your workplace, in the coffee shops, in your homes. You're not, you're not going to do it then. You're not going to when you're stuck in a coffee queue next to somebody and God says, just pay for that person's coffee. If you can't manage to let your spirit flow here, you're not going to be able to do it out there, which means you're not going to see what the spirit wants you to see because he wants you to see all sorts of exciting, fantastic things. You're not going to be bold enough to lay hands on somebody and say, let me pray for you so you'll be healed if you can't let your spirit go and pray when we're going to pray for healing for somebody in a minute. If you can't do it here, you're not going to be able to do it. This is the safe place to do it. This is the easy place to do it. And listen, they're not going to make fun of you because they've got me to make fun of, so it's all right, isn't it? I'm the biggest idiot there is. So you're all right. That's, sometimes that's why I do it. Sometimes I just do it so that you can do something that's out of your comfort zone, but you go, well, I'm not as stupid as Adam, so that's all right. Literally, that's why I do it sometimes. Because I want you to get into that place. Listen, we're not going to see the things we want to see unless we manage to flow with the Spirit and allow our spirits to come to the fore and allow our minds to move into the background. If we, if we believe, as I do, that we are in a new era of God birth and new things and exciting things are going to start to take place over these coming months and year, then we've got to engage with that spirit because it's not going to happen any other way. So I am believing that as we keep going that, that God's got some jump leads on your spirit to just help it. But you'll have to decide whether you're going to release it or not. Whatever that means for you, we're all at different places, okay? So I realize we're all at different places. So it's not about anybody else. It's about whatever that means for you. But we're going to do a couple of things. First of all, we're going to take communion. Because somebody just, we have four people just to pass that around. We're going to take communion. And we're going to use it as an opportunity to say sorry to God for those times. And there might be specific times or moments when you have allowed your mind to quench the spirit. We're going to say sorry. Sorry.